and we're live. Hey, so this is welcome to the our bonus live stream with video today. We have like an actual setup. We have people here. It's like a real thing. We're we're legit. Feels pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Uh, so yeah, how's everyone been? We have some new faces. Hello. Uh, why don't we do an in quick yeah. intro then? Yeah, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, you start. Hi, folks. I'm Stephanie. I am the makeup artist. Uh, I'm Michael. I'm an actor and writer on this series. I'm Rain, uh, producer, show creator, director, things. I do lots of things, and I try to get everyone together for live streams because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, whichever one of our remote guests would like to go first. Okay, Rory, we're going to start with you then. You got volunteered. Yeah. So, uh, free information, it, it, I guess. I was it, watching the live stream to see how it turned out. I didn't know it was going to be a delay. Um, oh, yeah, there's Well, uh, my name's Rory. I joined through uh, Mandy, I guess. I'm the location sound and post sound editor for Scars. Um, very looking forward to getting into production. I'm Kathleen. Um, I'm Kathleen. I'm helping out with some of the social media and also the set photographer. Excellent. Looking for yeah, uh, looking forward to that too. It'll be it'll be fun. I even have a mug that has the it, it's one of the old prototype. Yeah, yeah, the scars mug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we have an official mug. We have um, an official it, mug. It's, well, yes and no. An official prototype mug. It's the prototype mug. There's going to be a better one. This didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. Yeah. There's a new updated logo. Yes. Yes. Okay. And it's going to have that. And like the new, new updated logo played on, um, just played now. So some of us didn't see it. I have a multi-viewer thing set up now. So like you guys could have watched it if you were paying attention. Oh. Yeah. Well, there's no chance of that. No one's here is paying attention. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, everyone's paying attention. Uh, so, yeah, we'll just kind of kick it off. I know we have a uh, topic to talk about, but let's just kind of kick off with what's everyone been up to. Um, what Start with Michael. It's, it's been a long month of uh, sort of pre-production. Um, I've been breaking some scripts with friends, uh, like writing drafts of things, organizing schedules, that sort of thing. All the fun stuff of making movies that you never get to see. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I've been I've been uh, doing some promotional stuff and some crowdfunding stuff for various films. I think we'll do a few plugs at the end, so I'll save that for later. We sure are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I do. It's I, I dabble and I wear a bunch of bunch of hats. We should get you like actual hats. Yeah, I, I need some. Yeah. I want to update my winter wardrobe. So <laughs> if you can buy me a producer's toque, I'd love it. So that way we know when you're producing, and then you take yeah. it off, and we won't talk to you about production stuff after that. Pretty much my entire wardrobe is just something I've stolen from a set. So. <laughs> 
that and the clothes my mom buys for me. So basically, when we shoot yeah. in the hotel and the toiletries all go missing, we'll know where to look. Yeah, yeah. just like the blankets in the bed have just gone missing. <laughs> if you see, if you uh, curtains are gone, I'll just be putting all the crafts like table and into the Tupperware. Like you didn't steal anything from our little film set. I know. Consider it. Consider yourself lucky, I guess. <laughs> Thanks. I you know, it. if if you steal yeah. all of the uh, shampoo bottles, they're yeah. gonna switch to a packet system. Yeah, they will. <laughs> if you steal the packets, I mean, that's not like well, it's gonna stop. You're just gonna make things a little bit more difficult. Yeah. It'll be like one of those people that I guess like the main confusion point would just be not confusing the ketchup and soy sauce <laughs> you steal from all the restaurants with the shampoo bags yeah. you steal from <laughs> hotels. Oh man, no! If you steal all the shampoo bottles, they'll just start adding Tabasco to it. <laughs> Try getting that in your eyes. <laughs> That's just showering on hard mode. I don't see what the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, showering. <laughs> so aside from stealing everything from sets, yeah. Pointed look. Yeah, but enough about Just that. looking straight at you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it easier because right across from him. Um. Yeah. What else uh, has people been up to? Is it an open question or? Yeah, yeah whoever jumps question. in first. Lovely. Uh, well, as long as I'm not stealing the floor from anyone. Nope. Cool. Um, yeah, I recently just got back into participating in like doing location sound uh, on productions. I worked. I worked on a PSA up in Newmarket. I've been working on a indie film in uh, Hamilton. That's gonna wrap. Uh, at least very expressible photography somewhat soon. It's just a matter of getting everybody's schedules together. Um, I've been doing my own sort of... <clears throat> I've been uh, practicing my uh, uh, sound effects editing skills. I did a sound strip from, for a scene from Titanic uh, just as a bit of practice and also that I can use it to shop around my skills and I've been working on another one, another music video sound strip they're really good practice if anybody uh, watching is looking to get into sound design and sound editing, taking a music video or taking a scene from the movie, stripping the audio from it and adding all of it back via sound effects fully and dubbing is excellent practice. And, and, and it's how you get uh, like jobs on you know, mm -hmm. shows like Scars. That's current. Yeah, I was going to say that's currently my best um my best example of my work is the sound strip I did at the end of 2016 there. I went to this Very museum cool. this fall where they had this little exhibit and you could do exactly what you're talking about, but just for the sake of like, like fun, they would give you like a film scene yeah. and you would sort of do the, yeah, the sound effects and stuff. It's this museum in Queens. I was awful at it, of course. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's just one of those like little button touching games designed for oh yeah like one of those where you have like a soundboard and it's just yeah. like all right we'll try this one just, yeah yeah just one of those i remember i remember like a disney pc game that had a mini game like that too. yeah that hey, sounds is it called dr mario like 20 years. <laughs> uh, i think of like mario paint oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's oh, what yeah, it was mario paint not dr yeah. mario what do i know about pop culture no no yeah mario paint that was i made songs on that and that yeah. was fantastic and then I got like a real piano and then I played that instead. <laughs> yeah. I swear I'm legit. Yep. I got a real piano too. <laughs> nice. Grand piano or? Before my time. 
Although it's been fun seeing all the videos that people have made of like, like through the fire and the flames and like. Oh, have you seen through the fire and flames as put on Mario Paint? I've yeah. Seen Somebody made like a software because I guess the original Mario Paint had like you could only go so long with the songs. Somebody made like an, a like a free to download PC version of just the song creation thing for Mario Paint, and nice. you can make songs that like last forever. Like I made like a twenty minutes. Nice. Rhapsody oh, wow. of Blue. Here we come. Okay, so I'll be that guy. What is okay. Mario Paint? What what system Wait, was that? What? On? Okay, so that <laughs> was that that Mario was Paint was on the Nintendo. Okay. What, didn't you it, just say Mario Paint is before your time? Like sometime, so yeah, sometime like mid '90s and yeah, I grew up with Mario Paint. Basically, it, it had like just it, to, it had, you could get it, and it came with like a mouse because yeah. PCs were coming into the into the form at the time. Okay. And basically, like you, it was just basically like MS Paint with Mario characters. Oh, but it also so had like much this music more than that. More, like, like a full <laughs> set, like add musical notes with different voices and stuff like that, based on like Mario's head of the club or something like that. No, um, no. Oh, it, it wasn't. No, 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 it was, but it was so much more than that. You had the oh, fly yeah, I'm, swatter I'm totally game. Not you had the, the fly swatter game. game. <laughs> <laughs> this has nothing to, to do about. with what we were supposed to talk about today. But <laughs> right? the friggin' fly swatter game where you get to flies and then there's bosses and then it like hits your hand and it hurts and oh man, it's fun. Oh yeah, the so fly fun. thing. I do remember seeing that as well. That does sound. Yeah, it's fun. worth getting finding a Super Nintendo and Mario Paint and a mouse. It is worth it just for that game. I kind of want to play it now. Oh. Thank you for that. Got to write that down. Just like okay, so we're gonna end this live stream early. I'm gonna go find Mario Paint. <laughs> we're gonna play. <laughs> you guys, you guys have fun. Um, Okay, so, I guess getting back cool. to the topic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we probably should. Um, but I guess we should let other people talk yeah. about what's been going on with their lives first. Yeah. Before well, we talk about it. We do the appreciate it. So, uh, Sorry, guys. I... <laughs> no worries. Oh, do you want to go? Or I know, Mario Paint really got everything off topic. We'll get Kathleen to go next. Cool. Um, I'm kind of doing something with sound right now for one of my classes. I have to do a cityscape. Nice. And so I'll be going down to the distillery tomorrow. Oh, fun. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just doing a meet and event program right now. So I'm for a couple of short films in the next week. You, you kind of cut out a bit. Yeah, you're talking oh. about. Couldn't have been a more ironic time for the audio to come. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> I do sound thing. I'm actually doing a sound thing. <laughs> That's okay, you guys keep cutting out too. Oh, oh yeah, so blame us. <laughs> and not even tell us when that happens. Well, if we yeah. keep cutting out, keep, if she keeps telling us when that happens, that. Yeah. That's oh, no. true. If she cuts out when she tells us we're cutting out, no. Alright, well, it can't be a live stream without some technical problems, I guess. Right? Yeah. Don't, I mean, we don't had feel it. bad. The first live stream we did, I could <laughs> hardly focus because I kept hearing my own echo. And I felt like I was having some sort of weird out-of-body experience and, like, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't focus. I think that is actually, oh, like, yeah. a legit phenomenon. Like, I think there's somebody, like, it's apparently it's impossible to actually hold, like, a steady stream of conversation if you're constantly, like, hearing yourself talk on a slight delay. I think there's somebody who's got, like, a set of headphones where it's just, like, try talking like this and you hear yourself, like, a couple... Like millisecond afterwards, and oh. you can't get what you're saying it because your brain's hearing it and processing it. Yeah, yeah. I literally yeah. couldn't speak. I was like, I was like frozen. And, and it was our best live stream ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But hey, even like that happened to Mariah Carey on New Year's Eve last year, didn't it? Did it? Yeah. yeah. It did. Oh, God. No, I think, so, I think like, it was just that it was less that she hurt herself that she couldn't hear herself. Or like she couldn't, her sound monitors were like dead or something oh, like that. Oh, right. Yeah. But then like when she's out there in on the stage, all of the sound was echoing off of all the buildings. So she was getting like some yeah. crazy reverb when she was out there. Oh, so she couldn't hear anything oh, and she awesome. could hear everything at once. That's what I'm imagining the experience is like. So even the pros get that, so. Yeah. yeah. That's not how you have to do a site survey though, to make That's sure that it doesn't happen. So maybe yeah, for our next live stream, we should just go down to the financial district and everybody speaking to megaphones. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we have, I mean, we'll see how the other live streams go, um, or how it goes in the future. We also have a thing that we're going to do near the end of February when I can get as many people together as we can after we shoot our trailer. Oh, yeah, we're doing a trailer. Yay. In case you didn't tune into the last one where we talked about that. I can't remember if we did, because Sean and I had like a half-hour conversation that I <laughs> right. forgot to unmute. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully so this time I have to be careful that there. we were unmuted. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem when you're in the room with the same person, and that's and that's, you know, you're only in the room with the same person. It's really easy to forget to hit unmute. So it's like I watched a live stream, but the live stream never showed up. I actually did that have that happen a couple of weeks ago. I was watching a live stream where the guy could not get any sound onto it. So it's like, you didn't actually have a live stream. Yeah. <laughs> Until yeah. he figured it out like a half hour later. Hey, that was like us. Was that last Saturday? It was uh, two Sundays ago. Okay. Yeah. When I was in high school, I used to do the morning announcements every day. And we had to like hit the O Canada button and the <laughs> national anthem would play or whatever. And then there was like literally like one other button that we had to press to go live or something. I forget how it works. It was this old, weird like... We had the same thing. Yeah, like, like system, that's that. what it is. Archaic looking machine. Yeah. And I remember like more than once I just forgot to hit the other button. So I'd do like <laughs> the school wise super important announcements to like literally no one. Oh no. And then I would get flack about it later. But I wouldn't know what had happened. Like I wouldn't realize in the moment that I would had screwed up. Because yeah. you actually can't get it. That's when you need the feedback. Yeah. Oh, we weren't even live for that. And weird, weirdly, <laughs> Four they... people walking by the office happened to see the announcement. Yeah. Else. <laughs> weirdly, they had us sort of like, they treated us sort of like voice actors on retainers. So we wouldn't just like do the morning announcements. They would just like bring us in in the middle of the day to like randomly make an announcement or something. So I was always like, using this as an excuse to leave class or skip class. <laughs> I and feel like this is a good segue to childhood trauma. Oh, God. <laughs> and going back to mental health. Yeah, well, that is weird. today's theme, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so it would be just, like, super weird. Like, I would just be, like, in class, and then, like, the vice principal would just be like, hey, we just need you to just read this over the PA system. And I would just leave. But then they'd be like, okay, not yet. So just... It was very good early training for what acting is. Hurry up and wait. <laughs> just like, hey, get over here. Get over here right now. Wait 30 minutes. Can you just read this, but, <laughs> you just read this one thing for me? Yeah, read it. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, it's in no way precious yeah. to you. It kind of reminds that Your story reminds me of like when I first started getting into like producing things before I knew I was producing stuff. Uh, in high school, 
I was like supposed to do some sort of promotional video for high, for uh, the school to try to keep it open. It was going to close. Right. So they wanted me to do a video thing because apparently I had skill or some bullshit. <laughs> um, so I used that as an excuse to not be in class because they gave me access to everything. I got a master key. I had, yeah, so it's just like whatever I needed, it was at my disposal. And this was the first project that I ever had in this field. And I was getting paid. And not only was I getting paid, I was like, I had access to, and I could get out of class whenever I wanted. If it was to go like shoot interviews. So I was like, well, I need a crew. So I gathered some of my friends. And then basically it's just like we have a pass to fuck off whenever we want to. And that's exactly what we did. I think we shot close to 100 different interviews, probably over four hours of footage. And we maybe used like 10 minutes worth of that. But we just kept shooting because we wanted to get out of class. Yeah. So we just like... Students, teachers, janitors, whoever. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and it was just, and it didn't turn out at all, well at all because I didn't plan it. I didn't plan any of it. So your first time, how are you supposed to know that you actually have to plan these things? Well, I mean, my teacher who got me into it was just like, the difference between like an amateur production and professional is planning. Oh, That's man. the only difference. Like, oh, man. A little bit more to it than that. Yeah. But that is, does play a role. Yeah. Uh, you should know what you're doing and plan it. But again, I was like 17. You're 17 and you're given a master key. You might as well just be like, I have the power! And yeah, all logic goes out the window after What that. happened to Rory? He just left. He died. He just stormed off and lost or something. <laughs> he, got, he got bored. He was just like, fuck this. Peace. Okay, now that he's gone, we can talk shit about him, right? Okay, now we can talk about Rory. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, we'll wait for him to come back before we jump into things. Okay, I guess in the meantime, I'll talk about myself. Um, exactly, yeah, there's sure. nothing to know. Like, no, no, no. It's, well, it's, no, okay. just there's a lot of other noise. Oh, no, is there a background? Going yeah, where is that coming from? That's Kathleen. Oh, I thought no. it was Rory's coffee machine. <laughs> I'm still here. Something is very, very wrong. You guys yeah. are just really distorted. Cool. Oh, sorry. Uh, Wait, visually or audi audibly? Hmm? Are we distorted visually or are we distorted audibly? Audio. Okay, hang on a second. Audioly. One second. Keyword. I think you guys scared Rory away. Probably. He we, was like, we tend to do that to people. It's why like, we have to keep recasting. Yeah. I'm tired why of you guys talking, here, I don't know. <laughs> just thought I'm tired of you guys talking shit about audio and just stormed off. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't listen to it anymore. Just ran away. He's like, damn it, I can't fix this. That's why he stormed off, because he doesn't have the skills. No, I'm sure he does. Maybe he was frustrated because he knows he has the skill. And he's just like seeing us tinker around with it. It's like, well, you can't fix it if it's a connection issue. That's an IT problem. Roy's oh, back. Hmm? Oh, back. Yay! Welcome back. Welcome back. We missed you. The whole the whole Thank stream you. just stopped without you here. Thank you. I spilled a bunch of coffee in my. Kitchen. 
<laughs> oh, that's what happened. <laughs> I was going to say you put yeah. pants on. So uh, I guess I, I guess we I, I guess knowing that we can talk about trauma. Are we live? We're live. We okay. never stopped being live. Just the microphone was muted for a bit, oh, okay. so I could check. And <laughs> yeah. We never lost the stream. Oh, uh, but sorry. yeah. So things that we're up to. I guess we have one more person oh, before jumping right. into things. So uh, I joined this crazy project about a week ago, I think, and I've been pretty much hard at work since then, just drawing up the characters, putting them together as far as visual aspects would go, um, deciding what they're going to look like, and then also deciding on hair, and I guess clothes now, because I'm not only makeup, I'm makeup, hair, and costume. I'm really sorry about that. I really tried hard not to. GG. <laughs> I mean, I'll help the best I can. I sent out emails about wardrobe. That's, it's good. I'll, I'll figure it out, I guess. Cool. Um, yeah, I've just been doing that. Um, Elsewhere in my life, I've been working on a project where um, I've been doing body painting with stencils. So I'm oh. just uh, carving up the stencils by hand because I'm very particular about how I want them to look. I basically do this thing where I make stencils of geometric shapes and then I layer them on top of each other. So when I paint them on people, it looks super psychedelic. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing court support for friends who are... Yeah, going to court and testify, testifying against their abusers and rapists. So if that can go back into I like, trauma aspect, I, I, there we go. I really yeah. like that you brought that up because we can just fly into what we're actually talking about today. And let's go back to the subject. And this is why we do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the whole... Are you able to speak on any of that? or? Um, ooh, I can speak for ages about that. Um, so... Good lord, where would I even start? Basically what I do um, in my civilian life, one of the things, one of the many things that I do, I'm uh, one of the founding members of Coming Forward, which is a grassroots initiative uh, dedicated to helping people who have undergone uh, sexual trauma specifically, uh, helping them figure out what their options are, supporting them through whatever process they choose, and uh, basically pushing towards uh, more fair treatment for them in the legal system. Yeah, wow. and that is called coming forward. No, this plug. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that. No, that that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. We need a lot more of that going on. Yeah. Noble work. Yeah, that was started by um, Linda Redgrave, who you might remember a couple of years ago. She was one of the. Um, one of the complainants against Django Meshi. Um, and oh. she was, oh, yep, familiar. yep. And she was absolutely dragged through the mud by uh, Django Meshi's lawyer, um, Marie Hennen. And um, the thing is, the uh, legal system pretty much depends on a um, truthful, accurate, and cohesive narrative of events in order to prosecute a case. And the thing was when, uh, when you've gone through trauma, uh, your brain tends to process everything in different ways. So if you're trying to recount a traumatic event, it's not going to be in order. It's not going to make sense. It's not going to be cohesive, but that's all hallmarks of trauma. And the legal system will not see it that way. They'll just see it as, oh, this person must be lying, which is why all of the complainants why all their testimonies fell apart and why he got off and why so many um, rapists do get off in court. Because the court, imagine, yeah, the court doesn't know how to read their testimony properly, basically. I imagine this is one of the reasons why when you see people like Bill Cosby and 
most recently Larry Nasser, when people come out, when there's like so many people, it, the, I imagine the I guess the case against the accused becomes more and more, I guess, legitimate. Oh, absolutely. Is the word that I most recently gravitated to. Yeah. Just because of, it's hard for it's for a court to say, oh, well, this person must be lying if so many people are exhibiting that. The exact same thing. Yeah. Testimony. Yeah. But, and then again, like the whole going back to not being able to, you know, tell a cohesive story, having more than one person, you know, it sort of helps paint that picture. Mm-hmm. where we have pieces and that sort of yeah. thing. But I think like a lot of that's going to come down to, you know, if we had... See, that's a tough one because like you can kind of see like they need a cohesive story in order to be able to mm-hmm. process that. But I think having someone like, um, you know, like a psychiatrist or someone... Or, sort, like or a therapist. Who, who yeah. can tell yes, you, okay, this is why they are remembering their story in little bits and bits and pieces. Yes. This is why there are blank spots in their memory. And it's all yeah. about coming down to yeah. understanding, you know, what that sort of trauma can do. Yeah. And actually it's, taking yeah, that, that understanding that would go a long way to like, oh, they're not lying. It's just that they're so traumatized by what happened to them. This is why they're going about explaining this in this way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's, uh, I, I mean, like, that's something that definitely needs to happen more because I, the, one of the main things that's been happening in the whole Me Too conversation that I've seen is just that people believing the people that are coming forward with their stories and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, looks, they, I didn't know that that was the thing. The, the whole uh, bits and pieces, broken parts of it being a part of the traumatic experience, I guess. Yeah, it's a hallmark of trauma. And uh, I think that we are, like, as a society, we're collectively starting to understand that. And that's why believing survivors is uh, becoming more and more the norm, because um, as a whole, we are starting to understand mental health uh, more and more. So we're understanding, like, oh, they're not doing this because they're lying. They're doing this because mental health issues. So since we're understanding one aspect of the mental health issues, we're understanding other aspects as well like mental health how it how uh, sexual assault can affect that which is yeah why why i think we're starting to believe survivors more and more it all uh, it all ties in together yeah, yeah. well that's that's good that that's yeah. a thing that's happening yeah can we learn more about coming forward do you have a website uh we're working on a website right oh. now fun thing is uh, while we were building the website, um, since uh, Linda Redgrave got so dashed in court, there are a lot of people who are convinced that she's lying and convinced that she has some sort of chip on her shoulder against John Gomeshi, so they are actually trying to work to bring her down. And such, uh, when we were building our website, it actually got stolen from us. Oh, so, uh, wow. yeah, like there are some people still left in the world who are very, uh, they're working against making progress happen. And uh, so, yeah, the website got stolen. We had to start from scratch, but we are slowly getting it back online, guys. Um, I can't remember if it's a .com or .ca. We're going to have a meeting in a couple of weeks to suss that out. But, um, yeah, in the coming weeks, definitely, like, search up coming forward, and we will have something back online for that. We're definitely yeah. working on it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let us know when that happens. We'll promote it on the site, too. Yay, thank you. Because I think that's all that, all that sort of thing is really important, mm-hmm. especially now, you know, like, people are finally getting brave enough to come forward. 
and I deal with that. I think that opens the door too with you know being able to start dealing with trauma, mm-hmm. and it's just sort of an encouragement because mm-hmm. you know that there are all kinds of different uh, different traumas. Yeah, and and there's different ways of uh, resolving the issue as well. Like more and more, we're finding out that. Um, Maybe an adversarial court system is not the best way to uh, to oh. deal with it. Ooh, are we having technical issues? The stream went off. Oh no! Oh no! The stream got tired of hearing Okay. I was going to say, are the people that stole your website listening in or something? Oh god! <laughs> oh. Live stream. Damn it. Our live stream, not theirs. I thought they fucked off to India, so that would mean our live stream is reaching India, which could be a good thing. Glass I don't know. I, I think if someone hacked our live stream, I don't know if I'd be annoyed or like... Impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Teach me your secrets. It's, like, well, it's, it's working. No, I mean, it's, more than that. it's just like, for me. it's like Thank we have you. reach enough, I guess, that people care enough to hack it. Well, you know what's really, you know what's really funny. I haven't seen this as much recently in the past year, but when Facebook Live was like huge for that little stretch of thing, oh yeah, stretch of time, I did a couple of them, and then, like with no advertising or push or gain or whatsoever, you'd get these messages, and they'd be like, "Hello from Turkey, hello from the Philippines," and you'd you'd like be posting a video from set or whatever, and there'd be like a thousand people watching. Whoa! I have no idea how, how it works, like. <laughs> well, and, like it, Facebook's it, it always out. is impressive when you're online somewhere and like you find it, like if you're playing a game or something like that. It's hard to go find it. Okay, let's just see it. Hang on. All right, like, so and I, like you find out that you're playing with somebody like from like, Germany or somebody from like Poland or like any like literally halfway across. Okay, the world. <laughs> I, I gotta cut you off for a minute. Uh, we're just gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. We have another guest joining us. So back with you in just a few minutes. Talk amongst yourselves.
Hello, hello, we're back, and we have a new person. We had to slightly change our setup because someone showed up late. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry about that. But at least he showed up, I guess. I'm glad to be here. Uh, so, why don't you give a quick intro to yourself? What's that? Why don't you give a quick intro to yourself? Oh, well, I'm Sean, and I play Alex on the show. I think if you've listened to any of our other live streams, you've heard me. And uh, I have no idea who you are. <laughs> he just showed up. The door's unlocked and he just walks into the place. Yeah, yeah. Looking yeah. like a bum. Yeah, yeah. He just shows up, looks like a bum, and then wants to be on the live stream. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like a putz. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I didn't know. Halt it just for this person we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was that easy to get a spot on here. Otherwise, Apparently. Sorry? <laughs> Oh, well, I was just like, see how nice we are? We'll let anyone come in, even right? if they want. Yeah. Well, it's perfect, because it's a discussion about mental health. Yeah. It's like how if you <laughs> wear guess. a bright-colored vest and heart hat, you can just walk onto a construction site. Sorry, was that about walking onto a construction site? I was just saying, it's like if you if you wear a bright vest and a hard hat and act like you belong, you can just walk onto a mm. construction site. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's kind of totally. like if, if you have a large camera with you and you act like you belong, you can walk onto... Anyway. Totally what it's like. And if you wear a white lab coat, people will believe what you say without question. Mm, pretty much. That's true. Like if you just yeah. tell someone that you haven't met that like they have an incurable disease. But you're wearing a white lab coat. Exactly. You're wearing a white Well, a lot of it's attitude, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all about selling it. Mm -hmm. So if you just walk in, and that's the difference I found too with like when shooting stuff. If I even if I belong there, if I walk on and I'm not sure, like where to go, or like I look confused and lost. I, people want me to leave. So that <laughs> happened like twice, and then after that, yeah. didn't happen anymore. And that's when I discovered I could just walk anywhere. Yeah, just walk with purpose. If, if, if I'm just like, yeah, I'm here to shoot the thing. Oh, we don't remember hiring someone. Well, I'm here to shoot the thing because someone on your team wanted me here. So why don't you go deal with that? I'll be over here setting up in the press yeah. box. <laughs> I actually have a funny anecdote if we have time. We have time. Okay, I guess we'll, we'll get back into our topic in a minute, but, but funny. Um, <laughs> one time, I was shooting this film in small town Ontario, and they like shut down this like city block to do it, and it was this kids' film. So the main actors in it are all children, and I don't like there's a lot of animals on set. There's a lot of animals on set too, like dogs <laughs> and dog trainers and stuff. So they had like a permit to <laughs> shut off this like block, and there's this big scene in the film I played a mailman in the film and there's this big scene where um, like the whole town is like converging and like walking through this square like at the end of the movie so it's like this super complicated shot with like young children and animals everywhere <laughs> and then this guy just wanders onto the set and he's like <laughs> I guess the resident gangster of the town he looked like someone you'd see in Toronto but he was just like this random thug just starts wandering through he just yells at the dop like what the fuck man get that camera out of my face and decides Ow. to make <laughs> decides to make this whole thing about himself and he's just like wandering through the shot like fucking it up and it was really bizarre and really awkward and then finally one of the producers like snapped and was just like hey there are families here there are children here have some respect and he was still like, he was obviously on drugs or something. But he was still convinced this whole movie was like 
a sting operation directed at him. He was like walking, going, walking around, being like, "Get that fucking camera out of my face!" And it couldn't have been more of a funny juxtaposition against the sort of like happy, idyllic small town scene we were shooting. It was just very bizarre. And then you see how people yeah. really yeah. towns. Yeah. Like, well, it was weird because it was a small town, but he felt more like someone you'd run into in the city. Like, it was very bizarre. I have a similar story, actually. That one's yeah. further into the anecdote. I was shooting a film one night in downtown Toronto, and we were on the street, and um, at some point, this uh, random guy just comes in, wanders onto the set off the street, and he thinks it's absolutely hilarious that we are shooting a film. <laughs> and so, like, hearing the, the director say action and cut like, really set this guy off and made him believe that he had permission to yell that too, so he would yell it out in the middle of our takes. Oh, and eventually we were like, okay, buddy, you're ruining our shot. You have to go. So yeah. finally we got him to walk away, and we could hear him walking the whole way down the street. Cut! <laughs> Cut! <laughs> Cut! <laughs> like, getting quieter and quieter as he walked further away. It was Kathleen, is, every, is everything okay? Yeah. Okay. That's funny. Feels like there might be some sort of an opportunity there, but... At the same time, that would be difficult to like integrate well, that person, that, maybe even help them on some level. I'd love well, if that guy became a huge Hollywood director one day, and they're like interviewing him, and it's like, how'd you get started? And it's like, I just yeah, hijacked yeah. this other set and started <laughs> well, giving yeah. So this isn't quite related to our, to our main topic, but uh, it just sort of reminds me of... So there's something that I heard um, a while back when Robin Williams was ever on a set... Mm -hmm. uh, he would have this requirement as part of, like, I forget the name of the thing, but anyways, one of the requirements of him being there was to hire a certain percentage of homeless people mm. on, uh, on set, just to give them some jobs. I think I've heard that before, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something where it's just like, more people should do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Give people the opportunity to, to the opportunity help themselves yeah. up kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, in that aspect, though, also, it's just like... I don't know, there was a time where I spent some time homeless, and there's, like, different varieties of that. Right. So, like, there are the people who do want help, and they're kind of the harder ones to come by because they're not the ones that are on the street. There are certain ones that have just kind of given up, too. And so, like, being on a, a set still a pretty delicate place, small or big. Mm -hmm. So also you kind of just... There's a certain level of needing to be careful on that as well. So yeah. So have them go through a job interview like you would anyone else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, maybe go through like shelters or something yeah. as opposed to like people who are just on the street. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and that it not be like a token thing that pulls them off for a second and throws them right back in, but rather like gets them on a bit of a track. Well, and that's why going through somewhere like a shelter and that kind of mm -hmm. thing is great because you can speak with them, you can work with them, uh, you know, get them some job experience, and then go from there and try to get them other work mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to exactly that whole thing of like pull them off, give them some work, and then throw them back on the street. You didn't really fix anything. Right. Uh, you might have given them like a little bit of money to like get through the next week. Give them benefits. But that's kind of it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Filtering through some of them and more knowing Rob Williams and one of the 
daughters from Mrs. Doubtfire actually wrote uh, a book. Uh, her name is Lisa Jacobs, and it actually included Rob Williams bringing the homeless onto set and mm. paying them that way. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I have actually read that. I, I want to read that now. Yeah. It's really good. And she's actually a really interesting actor. She's, um, she was Torontonian and like had severe anxiety when she was going through all the acting and actually like gave it up. Mm. Oh, wow. Not not the little girl in Mrs. Doubtfire? The wee little girl? It was the eldest. The eldest, okay. No, not uh, the eldest daughter, yeah. The youngest oh. one, that was, was that Mara Wilson? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's... Well, I had one little story on set one time where I myself uh, wasn't in the shot for the moment, and I had... I was in my boxers and with wounds all over my whole body have from having run through the woods idea, makeup. Uh, but to be able to do something between sh setups, I went for a run a bit down the highway. Like this was Amherstburg, Ontario. Speaking of small towns, this is full lost <laughs> highway. And um, I was looking for a playground to work out at. I didn't find one, so I started turning back. And then this woman pulled over and she was from paramedics. And she started freaking out on me like as if, and oh. she was concerned that I was escaped yeah. from the psych ward. And uh, so then very quickly she realized it was makeup and stuff. And so she took a picture and was going to tell all her paramedics friends. And then about 20 minutes later, after I'd gotten back to set, uh, the cops showed up and numerous uh, neighbors had called. Oh my God. And uh, yeah. it all turned out all right. And it's like the in most interesting story of set life That's for funny. that shoot. But yeah. So, I mean, that had to be kind of awkward. Suddenly they show up to like the shoot and... That's yeah. yeah it's... I promise on our set, I won't uh, run off. wonder like what yeah. was worse <laughs> yeah um, oh anything's possible i was concerned yeah uh, yeah that's true what were you i was concerned with um mike going to a meeting after we filmed something over his face so this is nothing compared to oh him. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um no that everyone bringing up their makeup story reminds me of one that I'm sure I've told, I don't know if I've told it on a live stream now. So, so here we go. You, what's that? Here we go. So years ago, back in high school, 
there was a thing with like the police academy at the college. Uh, they would go through and they would do a test. Uh, they would have like their tests and whatnot. So they'd grab uh, students who were in like uh, who were in drama classes. Uh, a select few, they would go and grab them and bring them to the test thing to do different scenarios. I was grabbed and brought over to one back when I did like acting. Sexually grabbed. <laughs> not not physically grabbed. They told me, but it was wasn't really. I wasn't asked. It was more like so. Today you're going to this thing to do this thing. You're you right. coming with us to the like, secret police headquarters meeting. I'm, I'm morally back. grabbed. <laughs> morally yes. grabbed. Well, yes. So figuratively grabbed. Um, but yeah, they brought me over and it's like you're gonna go do this thing. Like okay, so there's different scenarios and one of them is just like a hostage situation, like a house. I wanted that one, but I didn't get that one. Instead, I got jail. So uh, we had some really cool scenarios, but one of them was, oh yeah, so one of them was I had to play an inmate who had, who had, I don't want to use the word crazy, but they wasn't sure what was wrong, but they couldn't understand anything that was being said. So I had to play a, a prisoner who couldn't understand what was being told to me, and I was just like totally just off the walls, um, just behaving erratically and dangerously. And I guess like a break from reality sort of situation? Yeah, and so part of that was also that I had an injury. So I had a bunch of makeup done, and that was, you knew I was just going to a makeup place. Uh, so yeah, I had a bunch of makeup done. And uh, like there's, I think there's like a huge wound or something on my face, like a, just a gash, a cut. It was, the makeup done was awesome. Um, so the whole thing, I'll tell the whole story, not just the makeup part, but uh, during the scenario, that particular scenario, I was, uh, it went on for like 10 minutes and it was exhausting. It was really, really exhausting and they didn't know how to handle me. So like, they failed, but the part that really made them fail was when they tackled me to the ground and my head smashed and everyone heard a crack. Oh, oh geez. Yeah. Yeah. I got up and just kept going. But <laughs> they're like, do you need to go to the hospital? I'm like, no, I'm good. I have to work in a few hours. Oh my god. Do so, you, did they make you sign a waiver at least? No, I don't think so. Oh shit. So you could have like legit gotten injured and then possibly sued them if it was severe enough. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I wasn't like severely injured enough. Like it, it hurt and I was dizzy and yeah, that's, that's, that head injuries are pretty serious. Yeah, they, and then again they wanted me to stop and I'm just like no no I'm good I'm good I'm keep going. Mm -hmm. I was having fun. Committed to the role. I really was. Yeah, you understood what I said. Thing. Like, so if you're in that actual scenario where someone is having some sort of psychotic break, like they are they are going to keep going. They are not necessarily right. going to stop for pain. Like yeah. adrenaline is just going to keep them going. Yeah. yeah, and they wouldn't necessarily feel it. Yeah, they won't so necessarily feel it. Right. So, I mean, in a way, it was really good training, except, like, I was clearly, they, they had to make sure I understood them, so I had to break character, mm. which I didn't like. Yeah, to make sure that you were <laughs> yeah. actually okay. Yeah. Like, just, which is... It, no, no, I understand where they're coming from, but, yeah. like, having, doing acting at the time when I was <laughs> taking that a little bit more seriously. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stick to yeah. BDSM principles. Use the light system, red, yellow, green. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, back to uh, makeup. So I left and I had to go to work and this was when I worked at the TV station in my hometown. Uh, we forgot about the makeup. <laughs> totally forgot. 
about like the blood and the bruising and the fact that like now my face is kind of like bashed up after yeah. what happened. So like there's the makeup and then there's like the natural stuff that happened and it was <laughs> So yeah, uh, I went to work and they asked me what the fuck happened to me. I had forgotten and I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, they bashed my head a little bit. <laughs> no, and they're just like, your face. And they look in the mirror and I'm like, oh. Yeah, I got a bit of a fight before getting here. Just, yeah, I got hit back Yeah, no, I didn't. Well, that actually happened once, but um, <laughs> I'm not The bus didn't miss me. <laughs> but no, it was just like, yeah, I got, I got into a fight on the way here. Someone tried to mug me and uh, I won. But it was, it was <laughs> <laughs> just like, okay. Jokes on me. A year later, I did get mugged on the way to work. Mm. Here, well, that's less fun. Yeah, less fun. <laughs> I know. I just bring the mood down. <laughs> but that is actually something that uh, faces a lot of youth on the street. For instance, like they do face a huge risk of uh, physical violence, and since a lot of youth on the street also face a lot of mental health issues, hey, this all connects back together again. It does, right? Yeah. <laughs> I knew. Like as soon as we started talking about this, like we can bring this back together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like our remote guests haven't been included enough because it's been really quiet from that end. Yeah, we've just been having fun. Yeah. Everyone, they're just listening. All right, I I can appreciate that. Um, they don't have any stories. stories to share, and that's where I come in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have stories for days. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, the whole thing about going back to you know like the people who are uh, in prison just because you know. Of mental illness, yeah, because right. we don't have, we don't have a place to understand them. And there's also just like, people would rather put them away into a place than like actually deal and treat it. Yeah, it's like a modern day version yeah. of those, house those asylums that they used to have because they don't know how to deal with people with mental health issues. Man, put them in the loony bin. Forget about them. Yeah, it and still then, exists. And then go and do like inhumane things. We don't do inhumane things as much anymore. As much. As much. Yeah. We still do, but uh, I know ECT is, it actually surprises me that ECT is still used, but um, apparently it does help some people. Yeah, I believe it helps some people with the depression, I believe it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, I can't say that I've ever really considered it. I mean, it's crossed my mind just being like, I have like medication resistance bipolar and all this crap. And it's, right. So it's just like, it's crossed my mind, but also it's just like, eh, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. It's just like a few years ago back when like I had some really bad stuff happen and I wasn't really able to like if I remembered the wrong thing it just I just broke down. And so it's just like yeah that I think that's the only time I truly considered ECT because if they do it wrong it'll screw up your memory. Oh and it's just like that would be fantastic. I would like to lose my long-term memory because then I can't act then these memories can't hurt me anymore. I've actually had the same thoughts where What's I'm just like, I wish I could rewrite my memories. Sorry, what are you talking about? Uh, ECT's electroshock therapy. Electroconvulsive therapy. Electric convulsive therapy is what it's called now. Yeah. yeah. What's it called? Electric uh, electric convulsive therapy. It's where they shock your brain. Electroconvulsive therapy. Yeah, electric convulsive therapy. It's where they shock your brain with bolts of electricity. You're really freaking out. Yeah, yeah, brain lightning. Sorry, I have to do that. <laughs> 
I'll add in a I actually know post. Hmm? No, we won't, because that charge work on my part. Okay, <laughs> hypothetically. I know someone whose, I think, sister went through um, electroshock therapy, and they said it actually did help. I have heard about, like, it does good things. But then uh, it's also... It's risky. Yeah. Because if it doesn't yeah. react well... I mean, my whole thing is, like, that probably wouldn't work anyway, because I'm just, like, it's just so resistant to everything else. Right. Probably just won't do a damn thing. Or my luck, it'll, like... Like, now I'm okay. Now I want to have long-term memory. Like, I'm good with that now. I yeah. resolved a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And, um... So, like, now it's okay to go back and remember things. I'm really glad that I didn't, like, seek out that sort of treatment in hopes of, like, wiping that memory. Wiping yes. If you have memories, regardless of if they're good or bad, they're learning experiences. And right? they make you you. Yeah. Which, I mean, brings up an interesting question of, like... Okay, so I also have borderline personality disorder. I'm just full of bad things. Um, They're not necessarily bad. No, well, they have negative. So there are negative connotations to things that, you know, that, again, things like Bell's Let's Talk Day. Yes. Uh, you know, it sort of works to overcome those sort of stigmas. Mm -hmm. uh, but part of that is like, my inability to hold on to an identity. So it brings up an interesting question of, like, you know, what makes us us? Yeah. And everyone goes silent. Yeah, because now we're just like, oh god, what what does make us? Well, it's so philosophical thing. a question. I'm just. Yeah. Uh, it is, but like yeah. it's such a quintessential part of like yeah. certain things. Like again, with uh, borderline personality disorder, not having that identity, so it brings you to ask that question. You know, I think part a big part of what makes us us are our memories. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The, the the debate about the potential of a brain transplant. Like, what survives a brain transplant? Well, uh, the body or the brain? Obviously, the brain. Right. So, you are your brain. Your body is extra. It's meat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's what it is. Um, it's a vessel. Yeah, it's a vessel. It's the thing that carries your brain. I really want to watch Get Out again now. That was a really good movie. See, I, I found, like, the whole thing where he goes, like, down into a... You know, when they have him go down into... What was it? The Sunken Place? Something like that it was called? Yeah, the Sunken Place. Um, I thought that was, like, a really good metaphor for dissociation. Oh, absolutely. Because that's, like, pretty much exactly what that is. Yeah. We're just, like, now everything's like a screen and you're watching a movie. It's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. So you haven't seen Get Out? I haven't seen that out, but if it has like a visual representation of dissociation, I'd like to see that. Like I suffer from dissociation pretty much daily at this point. Yeah. Um, CPTSD, it's great. Um, I have a friend who has the same thing. I should put you two in touch. She'd love to have someone else talk to. Yeah, it's it's a wild ride, especially if you're just like kind of if you're walking somewhere and suddenly you just like phase out and phase in yeah. somewhere else. You're like, what the hell? Yep. It can yeah. happen. Yeah, I've had that too, where like there are moments where like I'm doing one thing and now I'm doing something else and just like I have no memory of stuff in between. Yeah. I think the scariest, there was two moments that were really frightening of that. Um, one of them was when I was doing something and then the next moment I was sitting in the bath, I was in the living room doing something and the next moment I was in the bathroom running a razor lightly across my neck. Oof. Yeah, Oof. that was... Yeah, that was a pretty dark moment. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was um, some... Again, some stuff happened with a friend, and it was just like it was affected me in a really, really bad way. And so, like, so when you uh, drank and like I took a bunch of Seroquel and some other stuff, a mix of things, 
And then I guess I had a dissociative episode in the middle of it because, like, I was... It was weird. So, like, I went to sleep, or thought I did, and then I woke up two days later, but, like, I hadn't been sleeping. It turns out I had been active. Things were moved in my apartment. I had been doing things. Uh, there was, like, a couple of conversations that I had had that I don't remember having. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. like, I wasn't me during that whole time. And that's just frightening to know that, like, yeah. what else did I do? And how often does this happen? I mean, I get that there was other factors contributing to just how bad that was. Right. But, like... You know, what else was going on? It's absolutely horrifying to go through that stuff, and that's why I think that we should be gentle with people who go through that stuff because they don't know themselves. It's not like they're doing it on purpose. And the, so it's frightening. But, but there is a problem that I'm having now where you have this whole definition of dissociation, mm-hmm. like what you've described, what I've described. You know, it's you have people who are just like, if you forget, like one of the new definitions we're trying to do for dissociation is like, if you forget where you put something, like you're walking in a room and you forget what you were there for, that's dissociation. No, it's not. No. Yeah. No. It's just like, why are you including? So like now, given that we're doing that, I use specific things like depersonalization and derealization to describe the experience. Yeah, I think I get yeah. derealization a lot as well. I, I do too. It's just like, I feel like I'm yeah. not in my body. Everything feels kind of fuzzy and dirty. Mm-hmm. And then you're not really in control anymore. You're just, yeah. Yeah, you're just kind of yeah. on autopilot. What you're saying, what you're saying goes back a lot to why mental health is a difficult conversation for a lot of people because when things are not properly defined, people don't really understand like the depth. So there's a huge chunk of people that are still don't understand that like depression is not just like oh i'm sad today oh yeah yeah <laughs> no and that's uh i have another friend who just like she gets just as angry she gets angry about that too and like uh, yeah like a lot of us do but, like people who need legit help yes can't get it because there are people who are just like i have depression because i was sad that one time Ew, i was depressed about not getting into the see a screening of uh, a movie on opening night right and it's like, no, you weren't depressed. You were sad. My favorite yeah, one is when people say, oh, I'm so OCD about yeah, such, like, such things. Know, like, do you know what OCD is? Yeah, you yeah. are not a don't. disorder. Don't say you're a disorder, for one thing. Well, because it's, it's very fluid and non-tangible, right? And humans don't deal so well as things necessarily like that, outside of art and artists and yeah. stuff. But then, too, there are also degrees, right? Like, without saying you're OCD... You can have a small. All of these things affect us all on some degree. Mm-hmm. I've heard people, but then it can be worlds different in degrees. Yeah, you can say you're very particular about things, mm-hmm. or you're yeah. very anal about things. You are not obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah, about right. Things. I've I've heard people say. Sorry, go ahead. I've heard this is kind of a, a bad joke, but I've heard people say that they're kind of OCD, which in itself is an oxymoron because. By definition, it's obsessive and compulsive, so it doesn't kind of work like that. Yeah, exactly. And you can obsess over something without it being a disorder. You can feel compelled to do something without it being a disorder. So, you know, don't Mm -hmm. say it's OCD. Say, you know, I'm sort of obsessed with keeping my place clean. That's okay. That's not a disorder, but, you know, that's a valid thing. Or, you know, maybe you feel compelled a lot to, like, Move the tablecloth to make it smooth. That's not a disorder. That's just your brain wanting you to do something. Yeah. Pretty much. Because you're particular about it. Words matter. Yes. Yeah. Words have words meanings properly. for a reason. Yeah. And I think that's part of what it makes it so difficult for a lot of people to talk about these issues is because the language is so muddled. 
widespread lexicon um yeah if we don't have these words to describe these specific experiences we don't and that's, exactly which is why like we need to but, give everything a language but then and the problem is like having people who go like oh well yeah i feel discluded in things and like i want to be part of it too because we're talking about it you have things like mental health awareness sort of things and then you have a lot of people who feel discluded so like I have uh, this disorder, I feel depressed, or uh, I have, uh, what's the other one? Um, anxiety. Yeah, <clears throat> anxiety. Oh, PTSD oh, yes, that too. Any other, was, any other disorder or I was met, also, uh, mental issue that people use to describe very dis- mundane and everyday things? The uh, dissociative identity disorder, that's the other one too, that a lot of people like to fake that they have, mm-hmm. just right. because... Uh, you know, you can't really improve that one, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I have, and it's just like it's an excuse to sort of do things differently yeah. and be like, well, that was my other personality. Well, maybe even get access to marijuana, too, I guess. <laughs> there are other ways to do that. <laughs> you could just say my back really hurts, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I think the other one is, is when people are just like, oh, I swear that person's bipolar, because they're always, oh, they're angry. I hate that yeah. so hate much. That yeah, it's just like. People, like, like I, I fully don't understand what bipolar disorder is, but I don't feel like using it to describe whether somebody's just going through like a happy day or a sad day or whatever it is like that. Uh, I'll describe it for you if you want. Sure. So, yeah, well, that's I mean, what we're talking about, right? That stuff. So <laughs> bipolar disorder is where you have, well, I mean, it describes itself pretty well. It's like, you know, you have two different opposites. So you have depression. And then you have manic. Mm-hmm. And there's two different types of bipolar. Bipolar 1 and bipolar 2. Uh, I believe 1 is full-blown manic and 2 is hypomanic, I believe. If I'm, mista- if I'm not mistaken. Right. Anyways, so uh, bipolar with full-blown mania is where someone, when they hit man- a manic stage, they'll start to, uh, you know, it varies but could be hallucinating, uh, you know, hearing voices. It's psychosis. It, it's full-blown psychosis as part of the manic. Right. Uh, hypomanic is everything with manic except for the um, except for psychosis. I'm lucky as far as mental disorder, uh, mental illness goes, and it's like I have just hypomania. Mm-hmm. So, again, depression. We're all pretty familiar with like the low lows. Uh, you know, sometimes there's no, you know, there's usually no reason for it. It's a chemical imbalance. Uh, with mania, it's a little bit. It's a lot more energy. Uh, you're, you know, make more reckless decisions, uh, that sort of thing. So again, more talkative, uh, maybe be more outgoing, that sort of thing. Right. And then if you have a mixed episode, those are dangerous. Uh, there's two different kinds. If you're like depressed and you have mania. Um, I mean, they're both pretty dangerous, but one of them, like, you're a little bit more likely to, you know, if you have suicidal thoughts and you have a burst of mania, you're a little bit more likely to actually carry them out. Because this one about depression, pure depression, you tend to not be able to do anything, depending on how it affects you. Yeah. I should say that. That does remind me, um, 
I don't know how appropriate it is to talk about like other friends' experiences. But here I go. I think as long as we keep names out of it, oh, sort of thing, we can. Um, so I have a friend that he uh, suffers from uh, borderline actually, and he told me uh, one time that um, he had gone through um, a manic episode, and that during this episode he uh, he tried to commit suicide by stabbing himself. Um, with a pair of scissors, I think it was, but he didn't know what was happening while it was happening. Mm. And when he came to, he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's not something that he actively wanted to do, but it's because you're in this phase where you're going to make reckless decisions and not quite think them through and not be aware. And I can't help but wonder if that was maybe a little bit of a dissociative episode on oh, the yeah, exact absolutely. same time. Yeah, that's yeah, what it was. Which, it was dissociation yeah. and mania at the same time. Yeah, and that's dangerous when that happens. And so, yeah, getting that whole dissociation, uh, you know, that it's, I mean, it's dangerous. I've made terrible decisions during that, too. How were um, you able, Ryan, to, Rain, to uh, learn the techno terminology, and did it help you to understand it better, but also to sort of deal with it better in that? To learn the terminology and start breaking it down. Yeah, because when you're suffering it without being able to describe it and work through it, that must be more difficult. You would think so, but I mean, so when I got diagnosed with bipolar, that was a pretty tough one. It took me a few years to come to terms with that. Mm -hmm. It made sense and it gave an explanation. That being said, as soon as you have that diagnosis, for me, it became part of me. Mm. Not only did it become part of me, it became me. So, mm. like, I identified solely that was my identity. And that yeah. comes down to, like, the whole borderline thing happening as well. We're like, well, this is a new part of me. It's now all of me. So, while it was great, it became a reason, like, well, I can't do this thing because I'm going through a depressive episode, depressive episode right now. Whereas, like, before, I kind of was able to work through it. Because it'd be like, well, it's because of this. Like, this thing didn't happen, so now I'm not... Now I'm just, like... Now I've hit this depressive uh, thing. Yeah. Which is, like... Because it wasn't sad. It was different than sad. Right. Um, but I just didn't have a... I would attribute a reason to it. And then as soon as I have the real reason, it's like, well, that. So, you know, it's an excuse to not mm-hmm. do things. Uh, eventually, I came to terms and started, like, working through that. So, I mean, being able, to des- uh, being able to describe it to people is great. Uh, having doctors not believe you because one doctor said it uh, and they've decided that, no, this, you, can, you can talk away your depression. It's not, a, it's not a chemical thing at all. We can stop your meds. Yeah. 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 No. Don't work like that. No, it really doesn't. So, I mean, it's good and bad. Mm-hmm. Having the terminology helps, but also, like, it's moderation. So as long as you don't let it become you, mm-hmm. it definitely makes it easier to talk about <coughs> in, in terms that other people can understand. Totally. Yeah. You know what? Um, that actually, I was thinking about it just this morning, how uh, when I was maybe 11, 12 years old, I was seeing a therapist, and he was telling me that uh, it didn't matter so much putting a name to whatever was going on with me. What matters was just treating it. And I'm thinking, I was thinking this morning, all these years later, no, it's actually helpful for me to have a name, a, a box to put whatever's happening to me in. Otherwise, I will not know what is happening to me. Um, like, as soon as I realized that um, I'm, I have a lot of executive dysfunction going on, and I realized that that was a result of CPTSD, I was able to plan my life a lot easier. 
So I can, I can now say, oh, I know I'm going to get distracted and go in a completely different direction from my task, so I'm going to write down exactly what I need to do step by step, break it down, so that way I can come back to it and not be um, completely lost when I get back. And that's, again, like, I like that, too, like, now that I know, like, knowing what's going on. And there's a long time, too, where I would try to fight through it. So, like, I would hit a depressive thing. I knew I was going to hit it. But, like, I can get through this. Uh, now I can plan my life accordingly, mm-hmm. where, like, it's a certain amount of yeah. acceptance has to be there. So, like, I know that when April rolls around, I'm not going to be in a good place. So I should try to keep, mm-hmm. you know, I should let everyone know that that's going to happen sometime then. And then I should also, you know, not plan to have anything big happen. So it's learning about the thing itself, but also how to deal with it and roll with it a little more positively. Gaining control by giving up control. It's a weird sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of sounds like Alcoholics Anonymous. A little. (laughs) Similar theory, I suppose. Similar kind of thing. I mean, it's not... That's also a a mental health disease. This is true. It hasn't been accepted until pretty recently. And even then, it's still pretty tough, too. It's It's still, like, coming into the... People are still starting to accept it. And I think also it's because you're associating something with alcohol or gambling or something, whereas what we should be doing is focusing on the fact that it's addiction is a disease. Everyone had, like, people who are affected by it, they have different things. Mm -hmm. But, like, an alcoholic can also give up alcohol, become addicted to gambling as, like, the thing. It's just the way the brain is wired to naturally become more addicted to certain things. Yeah. People say they have addictive personalities. Yes. It can even be more subtle than that. I do have some personal experience with that, and, I mean, the personality that led to that, even though there's been no alcohol for years, is still present. And it's not necessarily an addiction that it manifests as on any one thing, but just, like, a selfishness, I would say, notably. Um, Yeah. Would it be selfishness or would it be a coping mechanism or I guess a disordered coping mechanism? Because often it, uh, alcoholism or any sort of addictive issue, it often is, um, you often see a history of uh, some sort of trauma in that person's past. Would you not? Mm, so not in the case I'm thinking of specifically, Fair unless enough. I'm not Every aware. Case but, is different. but you're right, of course. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a ton of nuances. Mm-hmm. Which is why people need to not treat everyone with the same brush. Yeah, yeah. learning about this stuff is important. Hey. No, and I mean, trauma is a fairly relative word, too. Uh, I think maybe when we say, like, you don't think there's any trauma related there, maybe it's, you know, a much more subtle trauma to them. Mm -hmm. So, and again, it's like the things that, you know, the trauma that I've gone through in the past might not register as something a big deal, but when you start factoring in other things, like... Uh, you know, we start factoring in other aspects, like it becomes something a lot bigger. Like losing a friend, it happens. Like not like you know, like someone not being friends anymore. Like yeah, that's yeah. it doesn't seem like that big a deal, but then when you start looking at things like uh, you know, you factor in like the borderline personality disorder factor and then you factor in other things and then also my own personal experiences, you know, suddenly it might make a little bit more sense, at least to me. Uh, but other people might not see it that way. It's mm-hmm. like it's such a small event. And yet, to me, it's so big. Mm-hmm. So I think trauma is a pretty relative term. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can see how, like, if you have issues with um, anchoring down what your personality, what yourself is, if you do attach your sense of self to someone else, then losing that someone else in your life is definitely losing a massive part of you. So I can see how that can really sort of cause you to spiral out and be just unmoored. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Absolutely. I guess mixed in there too can be like guilt have of perhaps even having caused a tragedy or trauma to other people mm-hmm. as well. And that becomes its own trauma. It's just this vicious cycle it becomes. It's mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you hit the nail right on the head there of like my crap. <laughs> it's like thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> but no, that's yeah, that's definitely uh, and it's also letting out, you know, learning to forgive yourself too. Mm-hmm. That's such an important skill that people take for granted. Yeah, it's very important because um, you you might have the issue with yourself bigger than anyone does. Like you probably think about yourself more than anyone else in the world does. It's just it's just true. Yeah. So there there could be things you're still feeling guilt or still feeling pain or still feeling regret about that if you're if you don't learn to forgive yourself somehow or another like like it's just gonna get worse so to speak like <laughs> oh for sure yeah well and that sort of leads to something i was thinking about earlier in terms of it is useful to put names on it and to be able yeah. to discuss it and everything but at the same time recognizing potential a potential fluidity like it does continue to evolve and change right yeah positively or negatively and sort of keeping it tabs on yourself through time no, for sure. Is it? No, and there's also... Anyone's <laughs> experience? Yeah, no, it's... Um, well, it's interesting, too. Like, I like how people are just like, it's going to get better, you know, when they talk about, like, going through trauma. Or, like, you're, you're going to get better, you'll turn. I don't know that a better or worse or words that I would use. Just different. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Just things will just... Your situation changes. Things become different. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily better, not necessarily worse. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can just, you know, be like an equal level of... Crap. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's mm-hmm. But it will continue to evolve. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that feels like a much more grounded and wholesome way of viewing whatever situation you might be. Because if you put, if you say that things will get better, that's kind of a value judgment. And mm. it makes people think, like, either when are things going to get better? People, or things aren't better right, right. now. And yeah. then since things aren't better right now, they're going to get down on themselves even more mm. because we put that value judgment on it rather than just letting them actually see everything objectively. Right. Yeah. And accept things as they are. Or take whatever whatever positivity they can out of whatever situation they're in. Yeah. Pretty much therapy is about giving yourself the tools to deal with situations. Mm-hmm. It's but not like a magical cure-all situation. I yeah. wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a lot like DBT therapy that you were talking yeah. about there. But, yeah. Kathleen, Rory, either you want to weigh in? Well, um, no, I've just been listening for so long. Remember, you're you're part of this. <laughs> I know uh, it's a little bit difficult without being. I here. guess um, spent the last four years in terms of my own sort of. Uh, I guess experience with mental health, more or less real. Like I think what you were talking about with um, bipolar was that once you had like an aim for it, it was just like you had a box to put everything that you had in, into. And um, once I found out that anxiety was a thing, a lot of my life made a lot more sense because when I was growing up, I was like, whenever it would be like a substitute or something, I was like, well, I always like cry a lot and stuff like that. And it's just like, huh, that's weird. I just cry a lot sometimes. There's no way I can do to stop it. But 
now I realized I was probably I recently just got diagnosed with general anxiety disorder, so that makes so much sense. It's nice to have that sort of. It's not just like, oh, you just cry a lot and don't deal with situations. I'm curious, like, did you find that validating at all? What's that, sir? Did you find it validating at all? It did, yeah, it did actually feel validating. Like, I figured around like 2014, I was going to actually say, yeah, it's their life, they're like, I'm sure. Yep, okay. It was just like, nope, you, you were just anxious. That's, that's what that was. And it's definitely a validation and getting someone to say, look, this is a real thing. Um, versus just kind of like fumbling your way through life, trying to figure out what it is. Yeah. That was exactly the point that I was getting at, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Kathleen, any thoughts? Absolutely. I completely agree with what uh, Michael Lake was saying, too, that you were the only person that really put yourself all the time. Yeah. It was in a very dark mindset about three years ago at a job that I hated and it was like it was so bad it was like well if I do this no I'm not going to do that I'll end up in jail <laughs> wow. wow that's a bit of a wow it was, it was just a point of I was in such a dark mindset of like oh they don't actually care about me that much than what my mind is saying that they do yeah, yeah. that's exactly no. it that's what I was driving at all right. Uh, yeah, I can talk about this forever, but we are uh, hitting the end of our live stream. Yeah. Yeah. We have to go and do some super secret things for the Scars trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be post uh, pictures later today. Uh, but let's go around and plug our stuff if we want. If anyone has stuff that they want to promote before the end of the uh, live stream. Well... Um, I've mentioned it to everybody in this uh, group chat that I mentioned at the beginning, but I did a sound strip for a uh, scene from Titanic. It's just an example of my sound effects editing skills. I posted a link to that brand in the group chat of this uh, hangout session that we've got there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you want to check that out on my very as of yet unbranded YouTube channel, it's just right now my. <laughs> sound like there's a little bin on the internet where I can post my sound effects things uh, as I make them, kind of thing like that. That's at present what I've got to plug. Uh, if you want to send me the link to that after, I'll edit the description of this um, live stream. Yeah I'll, shoot, yeah, I'll shoot that to you in the. Uh... Send it to me in an email. Yeah, send it to me in an email, and uh, I'll change it when I get back. Uh, I'll change the description. And I'll add anything that we want to have in, including our Patreon link, which I'll get to in a moment. Cool. All right, Kathleen? Um, I don't really have a trailer to plug, but I'm working on a film at the end of February with a few people from our work, from uh, Michael Lake and his work. It's about a undercover cop car, so I'm looking forward to doing that. And once we have more information, I'll be sure to share it. I've read the script. It's very funny. <laughs> Excellent. It is. It's hysterical. Looking forward to that. Sean? 
Uh, tomorrow night opens the pantomime version of Beauty and the Beast, speaking of makeup and mental health. <laughs> and uh, screwing us as far as availability goes. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little challenging. <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, everyone's, uh, if I can include the flyer or something like that on some such social media. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's, it's pretty funny. It's a pantomime, so there's a man dressed as a woman, and the audience is welcome and indeed encouraged to scream and yell at actors and stuff like that. Nice. I play the beast, and the, Naturally. the costume, <laughs> costume and the makeup are pretty intense. I must say, we did a full dress rehearsal last night, and I think it's going to work. And I sing... A Michael Bolton song as the Beast. Oh, I hate the song. Hilarious. <laughs> oh. Jack I'm forcing my way through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny because I've heard a lot of people say that the prince in the animated version of Beauty and the Beast looks like Michael Bolton. Oh, that could be. <laughs> if you look at them side by side, it's really quite uncanny. Yeah. I thought he looks like a Renaissance painting, and I I know that they actually the the. Artists actually did reference a lot of Renaissance painting, like classical art, Probably, to, yeah. to create the the image of the beast as a human. That's funny. Yeah. My sort of look like a Michael Bolton beast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. Very nice. Uh, Michael. Cool. Yeah, I've got two things I'd like to give a little plug to. Um, one is this film called 2005 Classifieds, which I'm promoting on Indiegogo and Facebook. Uh, we're in post-production now, and we're hosting a sort of um, post-production crowdfunding, which will help us do all the post-production work and help us get into film festivals and that kind of thing. I watched the trailer thing, and it looks amazing. Oh, thank you very much. So basically the story, it takes place in 2005, where we're kind of on the cusp of this digital age we live in now. And it's sort of like a Kijiji chance encounter gone wrong. And the, the movie deals with themes of like paranoia and hubris and identity. And it's a feature? That sort of thing. It's a short, yeah. Um, so 2005 Classifieds is what it's called. Uh, you can look that up on Facebook or Indiegogo. And I'll put a link in the description as well. Yeah, yeah. Later be a link. Um, it was a very fun and weird thing to shoot because it took place in this age in 2005, which was not so long ago, but at the same time it was forever ago. So Technological. We did a, <laughs> the production team did a great job sort of recapturing the feel and the look of the year 2005. <laughs> um, the other thing I want to give a shout out to is this show called uh, Beck and Call. The first couple episodes of it are online, and we're going back in February to shoot more of it. It's a very funny show, uh, mockumentary style, about uh, these two female agents that run a talent agency. I play like their sort of intern that hates himself. Uh, their <laughs> most valuable asset to the company is this pug. So this adorable pug named Bella is the star of many of the episodes. Um, yeah, so there's, there's episodes of that you can watch online and more that you can watch soon. Excellent. Stephanie? Um, so I mentioned earlier in the podcast, live stream podcast. Live stream, uh, it'll be up on, on <laughs> iTunes too. So it's a podcast. <laughs> what is this terminology? Live stream. I, I mentioned stuff. earlier today um, that I had done makeup with my dear Emily Schooley. Um, hmm. That was a short film called Psyche, and that actually does have to do with mental health issues and the idea of uh, portraying a face to society that might not necessarily be how you feel on the inside. So that is a short called Psyche. And um, I also mentioned earlier today that I'm in I'm a member of the uh, grassroots organization called Coming Forward. 
Uh, we're essentially aiming to support victims of uh, sexual assault and trauma and um, basically teach the legal system that mental health is a thing and that trauma definitely is a factor when, when conducting their investigations and not to discount it. So that is called Coming Forward. I will find you a link to the website yes. soon. <laughs> we are uh, getting that back online. And all the links to the things you've heard will be found in the descriptions later on, probably tonight. Uh, I'm not doing that right away. But, uh, so yeah, there's a couple things that I'm on. Uh, I'm working on this little show. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Scars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, really. <laughs> it's um, amazing. So, yeah, there's a few things going on with here. We have a patron that... <clears throat> We are going to start pushing harder. Uh, if you want to, if you want to see episodes, you know, feel free to kick a little bit that way. Um, you know, it helps us on an ongoing basis. Uh, we're hoping to get the number up a little bit higher than it is right now. Uh, what else? So we have that. We also have a trailer that we're doing. Uh, we're all currently working very, very hard on it. March first is the uh, is when you'll see it. It will go live on March first. Uh, anyone who's backed us will get some sneak peeks early of things as things are available. Uh, can't make any promises. We'll also be recording a little bit of an extra uh, piece to go along with it. Just sort of a podcast kind of thing where after we've made it, you know, a little bit while later we'll sit down and before it's release and just talk about our experience on that. All right. Just look really awkward. <laughs> Only a few people have heard that this is what we're going to do. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to try to get as many people uh, there as, as we can. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be a better setup than this right now. This is how we learned by doing. Well, this mm -hmm. is the best setup we've had yet it's on this. Yeah. Kudos. Yes. Um, and so the, so the... I hear a noise. Anyways, so the other thing is that February is trailer month on the SCARS Facebook page. So trailer, we've all been working on things. Uh, trailers to projects past, present, and future. Uh, and any sort of promotional things will all go up throughout the month of February leading up to our March 1st trailer. So if you haven't liked the page, do it. Uh, the link will be in the description. Um, you know, there'll be a lot of trailers coming up and that sort of thing. Uh, there's also a Twitter. We'll post this. It will post things up on there as well throughout that. And also, again, the Twitter's a good place. Um, and our Instagram for scars as well for like behind the scenes photos of, uh, you know, getting ready for things. And again, our lovely behind-the-scenes photographer, uh, Kathleen, will have uh, photos that will go up there as well. Looking forward so, to it. Sorry, go ahead. Sound like you were going to say something. I think we heard a woo-hoo. Yeah, woo -hoo. She said, But she said looking forward to uh, it. Uh, okay. okay. She is. All right. I, <laughs> I could have sworn there was one other thing. I should have made a list. Um, not sure what's going on with our February live stream yet, what we're going to do for that. But as always, it'll probably be posted like a few days before it actually happens on the Facebook page. Because can't seem to get that together early. <laughs> I just like this time, it'll be like two weeks early. Three days later, three days before. Yeah, I should probably post that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for everyone who tuned in. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And again, we'll see you back in February and then March for the trailer where you get to see what the show looks like. And if uh, shot listing the other day with uh, RDP, if that isn't an indication of what the trailer will look like, 
I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yay. Can't wait to show it to all you. All right. All right. See you next time. See you next time, everyone. Peace. Thank you for tuning in. And stick, yeah. and stick around to the end just to see uh, everyone who supported us so far. Thank you to all of our supporters, both from Kickstarter and Patreon. Giving a quick shout out to Kai, Andreas Nelsmuller, Milani Hernandez, Colin Weatherby, Primal Screams Media, John Freewin, Mark Grasdell, Heath Dobson. You guys are awesome and thank you for your support. If you'd like to contribute, our Kickstarter is over, but Patreon is always open and there are some neat rewards with that. The link is in the description.